All right. So a couple of real quick updates. Um, Brent had spoken, I think it was twice now, about uh, about our Giving Tuesday fundraiser. And uh, I don't know where we're at now, but we're well over 10,000, so we met it. And so thank you to all who helped donate towards that uh, over the last 30 days or so. Um, just to put this into perspective, on a $10,000 fundraiser with a matching $10,000 is $20,000. The church in the first seven years, with the exception of one, one year, I, I think there was one year, there was about 72000 But the church in general brought in about $50,000 a year on average for the first seven years. So in 30 days, we almost did 50% of what used to be the annual tithe of the church. And so... Um, Thank you for that. Uh, that is huge going into a new year. That also means that we have like five services left in this facility. I mean, nobody's itching to get into an almost brand new facility that doesn't have power surges right before the service. Um, I joked with the worship team today that they were five minutes over, and so I, they weren't listening. I had to shut down the entire power grid to the facility in order to get them off the stage. But uh, So five services left. The first Saturday in uh, February, we will be meeting in our new home which is Westmore Community Church uh, up off of Western. So it's only about seven miles from here, uh, but depending upon where you're coming from, if you're coming from Newcastle and Blanchard, my understanding is it's like one minute difference. From my house, it's like 15 minutes difference. So depending upon where you're coming from, if you come from the northern side of the Metroplex, it probably is going to be closer for you. Isaac actually moved his house to be closer to the church. Um, that's how devoted he is. So I uh, just want to give a big shout out to the Stropes family for for, uh, for picking up and moving. So that will be the first service in February, the first Saturday in February. We will be meeting there. Uh, and then we do have the building blocks classes on Tuesday nights. And so um, we're going to do two in January. They are on the website and in church center. So those are the classes where we're kind of going through just basic theology, basic doctrine. We did uh, who is Jesus. We did what is the Bible. Um, and I think the Sabbath is coming up and the topic of salvation is coming up. And so... Um, right around the time where we start to get into the Hebrews portion of the book of Hebrews, where we start talking about the Sabbath and we start talking about Jesus or Sabbath and all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, coincides with that, that again was not necessarily planned. Um, at least by me, the Lord seemed to have a better calendar, but real quick, I want to acknowledge our guests today. They're not really guests uh, in my family, but they might be guests in yours. So we have the Harris family all the way from the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> and ironically, on the week that Ed and Hava and, and my, my family comes up, my family from Tulsa also comes down. This is like shot in the arm 2007, 2008. What is there, an arch out front we're going to go march through or something? Like, this is like MIA days back in the day. So, but we have the, the Walters and some of our family from Bema up in Tulsa as well. We go way, way, way back. And so, um, bookends on the relationships. So, new family meet old family. Uh, we're all family in Christ. So, uh, today, uh, without further ado, I'm going to turn the mic over to our guest speaker, Mr. Ed Harris.
<laughs> I just wanted to see what would happen if I stopped, if it feel uncomfortable. Y'all doing all right? Man, it's good to see. So this is the first time in, in a long time that my family has joined me for a trip. I didn't tell April. I told April when I got here, I said, I have a surprise for you. And so the surprise is that my family's here. So I'm so grateful for the Harris Casadas to be in the house, man. It makes me feel good. I don't, maybe y'all don't feel good, but I feel great that they're here and uh, they're sitting right behind my brother and sister. Uh, and so I don't know if y'all look, but y'all actually, Michael and Delilah, everybody all sat in the same place. Well, it's good to, it's good to be with you guys. Everybody doing good? Look, I don't know how much time he gave me, so if you need a pillow or something, if you got to leave, that's fine. But I'm going to tell you this. When we come to gather together as a community, that's a big deal. It's a freedom that I think sometimes we take for granted. And I could just go on a tangent and not deal with, at all with the scripture and the text, and we're going to get to it here shortly. But I just wanted to tell you, anytime we get the chance, and you, you know, if, if you had to drive an hour or longer, or if, if it's closer, this right here in the present, us being together, echad, as a unit, a community, is powerful. So don't take that for granted. You get to be with other people every week. Sometimes we start looking at things and we look at what it's not instead of what it is. This is really good. Amen? It's really good. And if, if you don't think it's really good, what are you going to do whenever he returns and he gathers all the people? <laughs> right? I mean, so like, it's like, oh, well, I'll wait to celebrate as a community and we'll be together, all nations, kindreds, and tongue, when when he comes back to get us. But in the meantime, I'm too tired to go out there and get, this is not my message, April. I don't know what's happening right now. But I think it's important for us to take, not take for granted the, the assembling of the brethren, right? So if you're watching from home, this probably is for you. That's probably why I'm off script and you need to be here at the church. Okay, that part's over. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for being together, for us gathering. We ask your blessings over these words. May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. Lord, you're my strength, my redeemer. Yeshua's name. Amen. All right, so I got to check some stuff. All right. I'm known for, like, um, call and response. I'm not going to do a bunch of that. Because y'all are scared. What is he? He's going to make us say stuff. So I'm going to give you a break. No, I'm not. <laughs> so here's some things. Here's some rules of the road. We're going to read some scripture here. Um, it's okay to say hallelujah. That means praise the Lord. Is are there a bunch of people who love Jesus in here? Yes? Okay. So as long as we all love Jesus, here's some rules of the road. It's okay to say Amen. I heard that a couple times. It's okay to say hallelujah means praise the Lord, right? Come on, somebody say, hallelujah. okay, that was, that wasn't that good. <laughs> Do y'all love the Lord? Yes. 
All right, so occasionally when I'm talking, I'm not going to be trying to get this out of you, but if you love the Lord Jesus and you love his father and, you, and we're all a family and you love the Holy Spirit and you feel inspired, I think it's okay with the elders and Pastor Chris, I think it's okay if you just say hallelujah. <laughs> we'll work on it. Okay. All right. All right. Hebrews chapter three. Uh, we're going to pick it up in verse one. Understand we're in a Hebrew series. And uh, so I'm just asking that the father continue to bless you as you seek after him. I'm going to start verse one here. I'm in the King James version and I'll, I'll kind of jump around different versions. I'm praying that as I share here, that the things that you need to hear, that the Holy Spirit will highlight those because I'm going to cover a bunch of scriptures that connect, but it may not connect for you. There's going to be something today, if it hasn't already, going to jump off the page for you. Is that fair? And so as you're listening, Holy Spirit, reveal to your people the part they need so that they can get what they need to get so we can continue with the daily bread. All right. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who, all, who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence in the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. First, I just want to check this first part of the verse. I really like it says, it says, it says, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. That's, that's really captive language. I don't, we don't have time to unpack it, but the goal for us as men and women is to have not only an earthly calling, you do, we walk around, we do stuff, but to also have a heavenly calling. I would, I would challenge that literally the Hebrew lends itself, if we had time to unpack it, that we, after Christ Jesus and according to his promise, we're supposed to be the ones that bring heaven down to earth. So, so we, we, we don't have time to really go through it, but we are, the, we are the called. That's why this language, wherefore, holy brethren, wherefore, holy brethren, and the only way we're holy or set apart is through Christ Jesus. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Some, some, somebody's going to get this and say that he's calling, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the, I think we've spent too much time on, on, on things that are, are not holy. 
I've almost found no use. And when I say almost, I'm talking about 99.9999999999% use for the media. <laughs> They're not talking about Jesus. Partakers of the heavenly calling. Some of y'all need to fix your eyes on Jesus. Say, fix my eyes on you, Lord. The heavenly, you, some of us are paying way too much attention to what's going on down here. It's preoccupying us to the degree that we forgot we got a heavenly calling, and it's preoccupying us and stopping us from being what he's called us to be. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle. You know, in Hebrew, like Hebrews 101, apostle, what is that? The sent one, the sheliach, the one who was Consider the one who was sent, the high priest, the language is temple language, but it's elevated because the one who they're talking about here is the one who wrote all the stuff, right? He's the framer. He's, he's the one who made it all. Consider the high priest, Christ Jesus, the one uh, who appointed Moses. You know what I find interesting and Michael will be able to testify. Some of y'all have been doing, you know, walking in some form of like, I don't even like to use this language because we don't do a good job of walking in any Torah. Like, yeah, we're walking in the Torah. But it's interesting to me that those of us who walk in Torah seems to, for a season, forget who gave us the Torah. If Jesus is the word of God and we're followers of Jesus, I think he wrote the Torah. It's crazy. The word of God manifested in flesh wrote the Torah. This is how we can get the testimony of him who appointed him. It's like this. It's like this. There is a door and there's a doorkeeper. I sort of see Moses as the doorkeeper, the testimony of Jesus. But I see Jesus, the word of God manifested in the flesh. I see Jesus as the door itself. Hmm. Let's look at some script. Go to John. Go to John chapter 10, verse 7. Go to John 10, 7. I'll wait just a few seconds. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the, I am the door of the sheep. I'm not discounting Moses. Moses gave us Torah. Moses gave us some kind of help to guide the codification and laws and things like that. But he got it from the word of God. The doorkeeper got his information from the door. 
We know Moses was a blessing in all things. I think we sometimes just become enamored with things that these things down here too much. These rules that won't help us if we put the rule before the rule maker. The law before the the lawgiver. Try to make sense of something without understanding what it is. So there's um, an architect understands the plans at a level when he draws them that's far greater than the implementer of the plans. Does that make sense? I think sometimes we get too impressed with the do's, the don'ts. Sometimes it's not even impressed. We just, we feel the condemnation. I'll give you an example. I'll make it plain. Some of y'all love the Sabbath. How many of you love the Sabbath? I hope it's everybody. This is, that was risky. <laughs> Somebody sitting there, I don't love no Sabbath. <laughs> what if there were people who came here today or came to Saturday church, but they didn't know about the Sabbath, they didn't love the Sabbath, but we placed such an emphasis on the Sabbath that they felt like when they came here, they felt some kind of way. The Sabbath is good. Amen. I mean, it's really good. But what if we made the Sabbath greater than the Lord? Not good. See, in this church, and this church is growing, and Pastor Chris, Pastor April, doing a fine job. Amen? And the leadership doing a fine job. You want to get, you want to grow in the Lord, be a pastor of a church. So it'll fast track you. It'll fast track you. But some people, and I, I think this is the heart of the ministry, there are people who are walking in the door and are coming in 2024 in the calendar year that they will not have that kind of experience that you have with the Sabbath. Some of y'all got a PhD in the Sabbath. And there are people coming that they ain't never even kept the Sabbath, but they love Jesus. So, What's greater? Jesus, the creator and the word of God who gave us by his word the Sabbath or the Sabbath. So when someone shows up, they may not know about the Sabbath, but because of your love of the one who is the partaker, because you're a partaker of the heavenly calling, they should learn and be able to learn about Jesus and the Sabbath through you. Is that too slow for you? Too fast in the middle? Okay. I pray that in the few minutes that I'm here that you get a renewed desire to fall in love with Jesus. I did it this year. Um, my wife, we're about to finish the calendar year 2023 and go into 2024. My wife and I, we were doing family church uh, which is actually going on right now. They die. So we, all the Harrises and the Casadas and the Chaferas and the Alanises and the Rottens, we get on, we all jump on this um, 
uh, Google thing, Google Meet, and we read the scriptures together and pray together, and it's cool. And then, um, well, which that's, that's something we do, but then also we go to church together on the Sabbath. And, and I, I, I have to blame my wife because one week the pastor where we go to church, he did this to the Bible. He, he had it in his hands, and, he, and it, you just, he's very enigmatic. He's a very enigmatic teacher, but he had the Bible in his hands. And in the way, it, it just kind of flopped in his hands like a delicious meal. All of a sudden, it started looking delicious. Y'all know what I'm talking about? He's just, it started flopping. And, it look, and, and y'all's mouth, some of y'all's mouths are like, I know, you know what I'm talking about. And so my wife brought that home, you know, in the middle of all of our family. We had, at the time, that was before my mom died. My mom died. Our mom died in July. Uh, so this was way back up in the year. Early in the calendar year, almost a year ago, and my wife said, we're at a table eating. She said, the pastor was teaching, and then he started talking about the word of God. Who's the word of God? And he, and he was saying, and, and, and she was describing it, and I'm not doing any justice. And when she was doing that, my mouth was going, yeah, uh-huh, I'm hungry too. And I realized that up to that point in time, I spent vocationally, her and I, about 20 years or so pastoring congregations, messianic congregations in the United States. And in order to pastor a messianic congregation, and y'all know something about this, you have to be up on yours. You got to know the word. You have to know it at a level that's probably a little intimidating to people who don't study it. Traditional Christians would end up coming to us for research, like, and we were giving them our papers on Passover and this. That's the, the level that we had to study is at a level that most people would become uncomfortable with. So I spent a lot of time studying. And guess what else? I spent a lot of time trying to look good and I spent a lot of time being a brother I would show up and be a lot of white men with long beards looking at me like what are you doing here you need to get on and I'm like no I'm, I'm here for it I'm here for the word of God and, and 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 so I had to show up this is my flesh speaking listen to me I had to show up and look good because I didn't want to look bad and of course I'm studying and studying and studying and I'm teaching and uh, during the weekend day and night night and day but it was you know the scripture I was doing it. I was getting it. I was, I was, I was all about it. But it wasn't delicious to me. So when she said, I, I had retired from pulpit ministry, now, this is just a year ago, and she just, she, oh, it's, and I, I saw, I remember what she was explaining to me about the pastors. I had the vision for it. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh. Man, I was awfully in love with showing people the right thing to do. But I felt I, I might need to revisit my love for your word. I'm 
doing all the right things, teaching all the right stuff, got all the things. Can people, I can quote the things. I can go over in the extra biblical books. You want to go over there? I can go over there. Oh, I can go over there. You want to go over here? You want to? So when she showed it, I said, I've forsaken my first love. I got, I'm, I'm too in love with Moses. And, and, and I want to tell you, Moses is dope. <laughs> Moses is dope. And I'm not stunning on Moses. Moses is good. But Moses had a teacher, and his name is Jesus. Amen? And so I, I, I just... I want to encourage you that as Pastor Chris works hard, I think he's got 2025 all planned out, guys. <laughs> but not without consulting Jesus. And I'm, I want to encourage you that as you come here and as you grow and as you do your thing, that you don't get, become distracted with teaching. All that stuff's important. Your relationships, super important. But you know what's more important than that? Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Revelation 3.20, he says this. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I felt like, and I'll finish the verse in a second. I felt like my coming out was when she showed, my wife showed that pastor made, it looks so delicious. I work with guys sometimes and they say, I would study the word, but I just don't have time. I was in office Friday. There was a guy and he said, you know, I haven't worked out in four years. He's in shape too. Look like he can tackle, tackle like linebacker, like big you know, muscles. I decided, man, I'm just going to work out. And I mean, I feel bad because it's cutting into my time with the Lord. And I knew what he meant. But blessed are they who do hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, our physical bodies, I'm into that. I like that. Let's go walk. Let's go hike. Let's go run. Let's go work out. That's, that's fun. But it's not going to save us. I love studying Moses. I love looking at the great rabbis. I love, but they're not going to save us. Guess what? Moses is not going to save us. You know who the one is going to save us? His name is Jesus. Amen? I heard some amens, Philip. I'm getting excited out here. <laughs> Jesus is the one that's going to save us. And when my wife showed me that, I went, perhaps I should study the Bible not to teach someone. Perhaps I should, perhaps I should study it for me. God so loved the world that he gave his only, 
but he gave him also for me. Do y'all know that? That that God had a purpose for you? Life may not be exactly what you want it right now, but know that there is a father in heaven that loves you so much that he agreed that it was okay for his son to come. Live, teach, and then die to be resurrected for me. How be it for me to run away from the gift that God is? He says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, all of us in here qualify as anyone. If anyone hears my voice over the voices of torment, over the voices of discouragement, over the voices and ideologies and, and, and any type of other voice, Shema, that's why I always sing that. You're like, please don't sing the Shema. I'm not going to. But it's an important prayer for us. Amen? Hear Oh, Israel, replace Israel with your name. We won't do the Shema, but on the count of three, we'll go here, oh, and then whatever your name is. Is that fair? I'm going to do it whether you, we're going to do it. You know, just, just, I'll be gone in a few more minutes. Just indulge me, okay? On the count of three, we're going to go here, oh, instead of saying here, oh, Israel, we're going to put your name and insert your name there. Can we do that? All right. One, two, three. Here, oh, Eddie. We'll go again. One, two, three. Here, oh, Eddie. So, here. Here. If anyone hears my voice, if you hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in and have a meal with you. It doesn't say you have to have it just right. I got to set my candles just right for the Sabbath table. I got to get my beef just right from the butcher. I got to make everything just right. That's nice. But he said, when I'm knocking, if you open the door, it's okay if the meal's not ready. Amen? He wants to sit with you, and I didn't read that you had to somehow qualify. Because we make all these Moses rules and fence laws. How many of y'all see, this may be too much, Pastor Chris, but some of y'all got fence laws as Christians. Oh, yeah, but he did this. You got to do this. You need to do this. And it ain't even in the Bible. When I say fence laws, I'm saying stuff we made up that's not in the Scripture. But we're convicted about it. Guess what? He's standing at the door and knocking. If you open the door, this is all parable language based on your heart. If you open your heart, open the door of your heart, 
and let him in, he'll come in. If you want your heart healed, I think that the one who created all things can heal your heart. Somebody can say amen. I, I think if, if, if you need help, I think that the Lord will help you. Come on, say amen. I'm going to help you. If you need something, the Lord can give it to you. You ought to say amen on credit. There, there are some things that God is doing that haven't happened yet that when he does it, you just say amen. It's going to have amen. But you got to open the door to let him in. Come on, say, I'm going to fix my eyes. I'm going to fix my eyes. It wasn't Moses in the beginning. It said, in the beginning, the word, the word. Who's the word? Jesus. Now, I, I, um, I have to share with you, Pastor, I'm going to get in trouble, but Hebrews chapter 10, it called, and it wanted to testify, and, and so, like, who am I to deny Hebrews chapter 10? It's, it wants to testify. I should let it testify. I mean, it, it is, it's the word of God. I, I know, I, I know it's chapter 3, but please, indulge. he wanted to. So, it says in verse 5, Hebrews 10 Five says, consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings have not been desired, but a body you've prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you've taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written in the book, in the scroll of the book. Y'all... We knew it before we read Hebrews 10. He is the Lamb of God that does what? Takes away sin. But not if you don't open the door. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 picks up. It says, wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you hear his voice. I want to finish with these. If you hear his voice don't harden your heart. You know, sometimes I'll, just, I'll let you in on the sauce. This is whenever um, I would be speaking and I would start with a melody or a chorus, it came from two places. Number one, we would sing a chorus. It's called Nigun, if you, Nigun, N-I-G-G-U-N. And so you would sing a chorus because in Hebrew school, you didn't really do anything until after the, the room had to come into an agreement. And so the way the, the rabbis or the teachers would get the room in agreement is they start some melody. I'm not going to do one today. I'm just telling you. That's what I would do it. Whether the room was big or small, I would do it. The second thing is there's something powerful about us unifying and having that one voice. And if you do things long enough, then actually then like the inhibitions and the I'm not I'm not here alone. All that noise that is in our brains, it starts to settle down. And once that noise of the world and all those things and all that stuff, because we let go and we let God and we sang a song, a melody, of course, that's what praise and worship is. It's, it's, it's doing the same thing. And so what, what happened with that is it would cause us to be able to hear his voice. 
Then here comes the chazen, here comes the exhorter, or here comes the rabbin or the rabbi. Here comes somebody. They're going to come to the microphone or come to a podium, or they're going to be usually sitting around. When we were in yeshiva, you'd be sitting around. Like, you, we weren't standing up. You'd be sitting at a table. Everybody's sitting down at the table. Everybody got 65 books. Nobody's going to read 65 books at the table. Everybody got briefcases of books. But it looked nice. But nobody was doing anything until after that song was sung. And sometimes, and Hava knows this from her synagogue that she hails from, sometimes the song was the message. Sometimes you sit in a song for 15 or 20 minutes. Y'all think, oh, that's charisma. It is. It comes from certain sect of Jews. They do it. Some black churches do it. Charismatics do it. Right? And when they would do it, then all of a sudden they would give space where the people start to relax and now you can receive this word. What I'm saying to you is when we hear his voice, we need to don't harden our hearts. This is what this verse is dealing with in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. If you are having trouble receiving the word, it's because you're putting something before the word because the word is designed for you and you're designed for the word. So here's a little thing you can do. When you get ready to read your word at home, how many of y'all are going to read your word But in the next 24 hours? You're going to pick this Bible or digital Bible, pick it up. Okay, not nearly enough people, hands went up. But I appreciate the honesty. Here's the goal. When you read this word, I'm asking you, if this is for us and he is for us and this is his word and this is, this is his will, the will is his word, his word is his will. When before you read this, can you just humble yourself and sing a couple bars? It can be the Shema, it can be something, but don't harden your heart. Open your heart to receive God's word, amen? His word will do things in you and for you. Short, short story, short. My wife, who is a Bible nerd, loves the Bible, loves to read, loves to ask us questions that we don't know the answer to. I love that about her. I love her curiosity and I, well, girl, I just love everything about you. I mean, I know it's the Sabbath and everything, but some of y'all are not romantic like that. You're like, just get on with it. But she would ask a question, and we start reading. And so she's reading. I'm reading. What are you reading? And so we start talking about it. And so I said, I'm going to abbreviate my little studious study plans. I'm going to start reading this Bible. All of a sudden, it just got more and more. All of a sudden, I realized that before I, before I knew it, guys, ladies, I'm head over heels in love with a God that does so many things. Each page, I'm, I'm, wow, you did what? All of a sudden, you don't see an Old Testament or a New Testament. You just see a whole Testament. You see a loving God that is faithful and loves his people despite all the Bible things we've done in here. We'll be reading the Bible, and my wife will say, but it's a Bible story. That's code word for somebody, something happened in the Bible, a little interesting. Because through all the things we read in the scriptures, what we should see, what we can gather is that there's a loving God that if we don't harden our hearts, has a message of redemption for every single one of us. Don't harden your hearts as they did in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, they proved me. They saw my works for 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation. And I said to them, 
They always err in their heart. They've not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they won't enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren. Take heed, brothers and sisters, lest there be in any of us an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. Hebrews 3, 13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through deceitfulness of sin. For we are all made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt with Moses, but with whom he was grieved forty years, was it not them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear he that they should not enter to his rest, but them that believe not? So we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. Some of us don't believe this. We believe we gotta perform a certain way, do a certain thing. Knock, knock. It's the Lord. I want to come in, but I'm not going to barge the door down. But if you open the door, I'll let you in. You can come in and we can fellowship together. First John 4.15 says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. What else does he have to do? What's more than giving everything? I just want to ask y'all, is he not worthy? You're worthy. Stop putting requirements on the Lord. When you recognize that you're worthy because he says you're worthy, because you're a son and a daughter, you'll open up the door. That in him, when he's knocking, listen to this. This is for someone. I don't know who. But he's not wanting you to open the door so he can condemn you. i say again. He's not wanting you to open the door so he can rail at you and condemn you and tell you you don't belong. Open the door. He wants the door open so he can love you. You are worthy of his love. You know when it gets rough, you know your life, you know he's been there the whole time. Amen? You know he's the great I am, the Alpha and Omega. Amen? He's here for you. He's here for me. You know he's the offspring of David. Come on, amen. You know there's no searching of his understanding. Come on, amen. You know the one, the great I am, who's knocking at the door. Do you know that he's not trying to figure it out, but he loves you? Come on, say amen. Say, I know. Come on, say, I know. My Redeemer 
lives. Amen? And that he loves me. He loves you. He desires to spend time with you. And if he didn't, he wouldn't have knocked on your door. So if you hear the knock, don't turn the music up. If you hear the knock, don't go into chaos. If you hear the knock, just know it's the one that he's not searching for any understanding. He's not looking for you to do it the right way. He wants to love you, and those who love him will keep his ways. You'll be empowered with the power when you see the loving God. Don't harden your heart. Fix your eyes. See the Lord. See his love. He's been given a position higher than angels, than magistrates. He's amazing. I'm going to close. I want to read a, a verse to you just, just to lock it down. Revelation chapter 5, and we'll go to verse 6. Revelation 5, 6, and let's read a little bit here. Some of my favorite verses here. I really like these. These, Everything here testifies, but listen to this. Listen to John. He says, and I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, the four beasts in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came, I like this in verse seven. You with me? Tell me you with me. Okay, four people. Okay, so we're in Revelation chapter five, verse seven. If you weren't before, I want you to pay attention right now. He came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beast and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, every one of them having harps, golden vials, full of odors. Watch this. Full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, every tongue, and every people, and every nation, and has made us unto God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. That verse 8, all of that was amazing, but that verse 8, do y'all pray to the Lord? Anybody? Do you know that those prayers or what is being described right here in verse 8. Those elders have golden vials. It says full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Have you ever felt like your prayers weren't being heard? Or they didn't pray right? It couldn't possibly be that he's hearing me because if he heard me, you know, you go into some human logic. If my prayers were good enough, then I wouldn't be in this situation. All your prayers are being heard. 
because this word is not lying. Don't stop praying. He's not going to stop knocking. You don't stop praying. Amen? Is it your focus? The calendar year for 2024 will unpack festivals. There'll be good times. And y'all know we're going to go through some tough times. It's just what it is. But will he be your focus? Will he be your focus? I, I'm, I'm going to go to my seat, but I want to share this with you. We talk a little bit about this, Sarah. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to open up my heart and share something with you. I was with, I was with a leader. I'm in his truck, and we're riding out, and we're doing some strategic work. And he, he didn't have a knowledge of me to ask me what I'm about to tell you. He asked me. But when he asked me, I knew it was from God. You tracking? So he asked me a question. He said, do you like, we just had come from a meeting with a group of people, a lot of smart people, civic, civil planners, a lot of people with alphabet soup, PhDs. This pretty cool meeting. He said, did you like, what so-and-so was saying in the meeting, I said, golly, no, ain't no way. He said, well, why, does he, why do you think he's doing all that talking like that? Because this guy was talking, and he had an answer for everything. You know the kind, right? And so my, and so my intuition, like, I don't know where he's coming from this. But then he looked and he said, you do that too. I said, wow. Why did I want to ride in the truck with you? (laughs) He said, why do you do that? See, because I see it as something that you have a skill. But why why do you feel like you got to always have something to say? I didn't have any answer for that. He said, well, I want you to do this. I want you to go home tonight. I want you to pray about it. Because you, there is an answer. Because I told him before we got off the truck, I said, I think the reason why I have something to say all the time is because, because I'm insecure. I lack confidence. He said, that's, that sounds right. But why don't you go home and pray about it? And then, and then we'll talk about it. But you, this is your homework. You need to go home and pray about it. And so I said, I will. So I home and prayed. And I had been praying with my wife, and I had been praying with my brother, and I have been praying with Pastor Chris, and I have been praying. I said, why is it that every time I get to a certain place, I feel like I get knocked down? Wow. And I'm not putting the pieces together. 
And I realized when I got on my knees that morning, it, you know, you do a lot of good things. But I want to get to you about this. Because you see, right here, this is where you're struggling. And that's the spot that you're not willing to give me. I said, well, what, what do you want me to do? He said, open the door. I don't want you to do anything. But if you open the door, I'll come in and we can sit down and we can talk about it. And I promise I won't hurt you. Okay. And don't you know he helped me and he's healing me and he's bringing me to a place of wholeness in that area that I resisted. And some of us just don't want to give him everything. It's really cool to talk about how much we read. But when I open the Bible, some of you almost like, why is he telling me that? Because Jesus is good for everything in your life, not just the stuff that you're not. Some of y'all won't give him some stuff that you don't think he can handle. And I want to challenge you. He can handle it. He can more than handle it. So as I go to my seat, let's pray. Lord, we love you. We're sorry for our obstinance. No matter how many times we hear certain things, our ego is content with running away and making up excuses and dodging you. But we know you're faithful. So thank you for showing up even though we shun you. And we tell you we love you, but we run the other direction. And we look at Moses, and we sometimes give you the stank eye because we don't see you as altogether beautiful. You just don't have enough shine for us sometimes, so we turn away. We, we love quoting things, but we don't always want to do hard work. And our hard work is just to open up a door, an area, a thing. So forgive us, Lord. And bless us, Lord, as we conclude this calendar year to have a new year of, of delicious, amazing encounters with you the kind that only you could engineer, the kind that would bring us shalem and shalom and the kind of time with you that we won't have to tell people we spent time with you. They'll know, they'll be able to see that you, your name, that your purpose is lifted up in our, our lives, our businesses, our activities. We won't have to tell them that we're Christians or that we're Messianic or we're, we used to be this and that. They'll see you, Lord. They'll see Jesus. 
Lord, help us. Help us to achieve those goals. The goal of opening up the door. Forgive us for being afraid. There's nothing to fear with you. You're safe and you love us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.